Okay, Mizat Hashem, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, the mitzvah of Yashan, which is really the mitzvah of refraining from Chadash. Uh, tonight's Shi'or should be Living uh, Shmat Mori Vechami, my wife's father, or my wife's father, my father in law, uh, Rafael David Ben Rav Menachem Nachum, who's Nifter, uh, I believe it was 23 years ago. So it's Shior should be the Yunani Shoto, and Yubad Lachayim Tovim should be for Fuah Shlema for Yisrael Noach Ben Leah. So, there's a Pasuk in the Torah, in Parshat Emor. The Torah says, Velechem Vekali Vekarmel, Lo Tochlu Ad Etzem Ayom Aze, Ad Eviachem Eto Korban Elohechem, Chukat Olan Dorotechem, Bechom Moshevotechem. So, bread, roasted kernels, and caramel, we'll have to see exactly what that is. You can't eat those until until this very day, which we'll see in a second what that means. Until you bring the offering of your God. This is a decree for all your generations. And everywhere you live. So, the general idea between lechem, kali, and carmel is that lechem is actual bread. Kali is uh, it's either roasted kernels or a sweet bread made from roasted kernels. And then carmel is either the roasted kernels themselves or there's a couple different opinions um, about w- what exactly it is. For our purposes here, we're really not going to talk about the distinction of what the three are. Uh, although the Rambam and the Sefer Chinuch do bring down that each one of these three, Lechem, Kaliba, Carmel, is its own prohibition. So according to the Rambam, there are three mitzvot deraita to refrain from Chadash, and it applies to Lechem, Kali, and Carmel. Others, like the Ramban, say no, there's one prohibition, and it applies to everything that you know, could be subsumed under the, the, the idea of Lechem, Kaliba, Carmel, and so on and so forth. So, right before this part in Parshat Emor, the Torah was discussing bringing the Korban Omer. So Korban Omer, we know, is brought on the second day of Pesach. Right? The new barley is brought, and that Korban is what makes all, all grain that took root before the 16th of Nisan the Korban Omer permits all that grain. It moves from its uh, previous status to now a permitted status. And therefore, going forward, that's considered Yashan. And anything planted after Pesach is considered Chadash until the next Korban Omer is brought the next year. So the question is, why does the Pasuk have to tell me, Ad until that very day, Ad Korban. And it tells me, until you bring the Korban. So the idea here is that the korban has to be brought on that day. But what happens on a day like today? We don't have the Beit Dash, so you can't bring the korban omer. So the pasu comes to tell us that the, the day itself allows the grain to be eaten. The difference is that Midaraita, once the korban omer is brought, then all the the the, uh, the the grain is permitted. And the grains that the pasuk is talking about are the same grains that apply by challah. So that's 
Chita B'Seorak B'Semin Shibola Chual V'Shifon. Right, so we know that uh, wheat, barley, spelt, Shibola Chual is, is, the Rambam seems to say that it's two-row barley, Rashi said that it's Avina, which means it's oats, Lemaisa, most of the uh, the Yachronim, including the Archa Shulchan, or Bishmol Meir Katz and Lakewood, most others say that oats is what Shibolet Shual is, but there are opinions that it's two row barley, or it's Sagal, or a couple other things. Lemaisa, we do consider it, at least the Chumra, that oats would be Chametz also. So this would apply to Chala, you have to take Chala if you made an oat bread, it would also apply, uh, oats would be a, a prohibition of Chametz on Pesach. And the last one, uh, Shifon, is Rai. So these five, even though we're only bringing a korban, the korban omer is brought from barley. So the korban barley, the korban omer is brought from barley because it's the first one that that essentially ripens and is ready to to harvest. So that the, the barley is basically allows all five of the other or all four of the other um, grains to be consumed as well. So, but if we don't have the korban omer, so then the day itself allows it to be eaten. Mo, most opinions are that. Uh, there's a mechloket in the Gemara that uh, questioning whether midiraita you have to wait until the end of the day or the beginning of the day is mecha- allows it to be eaten, but midirabanan you have to wait until the end of the day. And the reason is the pasuk says lo ad and the question is ad bechlal or ad shelo bechlal. Is the ad including the day, meaning that day has to pass for that grain to be permitted? Or, that once it actually becomes that day, so then from the morning, or the night before, of the 16th of Nisan, then all of that grain will be permitted. Unless we have a Korban Omer, and then, the, you know, we have the Beit HaMikdash, then the Korban Omer is what does it. Question? Yeah. The time of Beit HaMikdash, the Omer wasn't at night time? They used to go at night to bring it? Right, so they would, they, they would cut, they would, they were, would harvest the, the barley overnight, right. and they would bring it in the morning, Similar to like a Musaf offering. So it was brought after um, the, the Korban Tamish Shachar, and then they would bring the Korban Omer, and there was another, I think it was a, a lamb that was brought with it, um, and that, that was, uh, uh, that, that's, that's how they would do it. But yeah, they would start at night, and they would go down to the, the field, they would harvest the barley, and they would bring it up and prepare it, and then they would bring the actual Korban after the Korban Tamish Shachar. So, so that shouldn't be the time, the proper time to eat it? Right. The, the difference is that the puzzle tells us that the, the korban itself is, is what allows it to be eaten. But if you don't have the korban, so we don't buy, go by the, 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 the time of the korban, we go by the day itself. It happens to be that um, in other parts of Eretz Israel, let's say people weren't there for whatever reason. Um, so then you could wait at midday. Everybody knew by midday the um, the korban would be brought because the Beit Din is not going to allow them to delay bringing the korban. So we knew by midday, if you wanted to take fresh uh, wheat uh, that you just harvested and make more matzot out of it, we don't today make matzot on Pesach, and I highly disrecommend doing so. But it used to be that people would make matzot every day. They make it in the morning, they make it in the evening, have fresh uh, matzot to eat every every day. So that the the, the chadash would then become officially Yashan, and it would be allowed to be eaten from the time the Korban was brought. So in Yerushalayim, it was immediate, and then in outlying areas, it was uh, Chotzor Ayom, and then 
uh, depending on, on, on where you were in the world. So if you were six hours ahead of Yerushalayim, so really early in the morning, or you would, you'd have to wait until the evening because it was Chatzor Ayom in Yerushalayim. So you have to wait, you know, but if you're out here in America, so you could already eat it, you know, five, uh, six o'clock in the morning. Right. So either way, whether it's the, the day itself, from the beginning of the day or the end of the day, the uh, in Eretz Yisrael you have to wait until after the 16th of Nisan to eat the new grain. And Chutz Eretz, since we keep two days of Yom Tov, so even though we don't really have a suffix the Oma regarding, uh, regarding what day on the calendar it is, still we're no hag like that, and therefore you would have to wait until after the 17th of Nisan in order to eat the new grain. Now, the, the Sefer HaChinuch, just as an, uh, as an aside, brings down in Mitzvah Shin Gimel the purpose of the Mitzvah. And he says that the, the bread essentially is the primary sustenance of people. Right? Uh, and Hashem, it's therefore appropriate to bring a, some sort of offering to Hashem who provided us the grains to be able to to, to benefit from them and to live. Similar to, and he brings this down, similar to what we say in Masech Berachot, that someone who eats without giving, or without making a beracha, so that it's like they're mal, it's like they're stealing from Hashem, so to speak. So too, we offer up a korban to Hashem, the korban Omer, and then that permits all the, the, the grain to be eaten. The Sefer Chinuch says, V'noeg esuzeh v'chol makom v'chol zman, so this applies in every location, meaning Eretz Israel or not in Eretz Israel, and it applies at all times, whether there is a Beit Migdash, whether there's not a Beit Migdash, and it applies also to men and to women. And that's also the opinion of the Rambam. Now the, the real question is, the Gemara doesn't actually decide if Yeshan Chutz Aretz is an Israelite or not. 100% Chadash uh, is going to be Nisr Deraita in Eretz Israel. But there's a Mishnah in Orla, and uh, Orla Parag Gimel Mishnah Tet, that says, Chadash Asr Bin Torah. So, and seemingly that means no matter where you are, and the reason for that is because the Pusuk says, Chukat Olam Dorotechem, this is for all your generations, Bechol Moshe Rotechem. It applies in every one of your dwelling places. Does that mean wherever you dwell in Israel? Does it mean all over the world? The problem with that Stam Mishnah is that there's another Mishnah in Kiddushin, and Lamed uh, Zion, I think it's Amad Aleph, where there's a muffle between the Tanakhama, which is Rabbi Ishmael, and Rabbi Elazar, or Rabbi Eliezer, one of the two I can't remember offhand. But the Tanakhama says that Chadash in Chutz Aris is an Isidur Abanan, and or doesn't really apply at all. And Rabbi Alazar Rabbi Alazar, can't remember which one again, says that no, it applies, it's an Isidurite everywhere in the world. Once we entered Eretz Israel, it applies everywhere in the world, which is interesting because essentially it's a mitzvah hatuliyah ba'aretz, meaning it's it's a land-based mitzvah, and typically our land-based mitzvahs don't apply in Chutz Aris. Right? Kalayim doesn't necessarily apply in Chutz Aris. 
Orla, we have a lot more leniency in, in Chutzlaretz, and in fact, you could, if Goy gives you Orla, you don't have to, or Suffolk Orla, you don't know exactly what it was, you can't tell him to pick you Orla, but if he just hands you fruit, you don't have to worry about it. Um, Bikurim, we don't have in Chutzlaretz. Truma and Maestro, we don't have in Chutzlaretz. So it's an interesting, it would be interesting if it is a Mitzvah Deraita for Chadash to apply in Chutzlaretz. Because it is Talibar, it's, it's, it's a, a land-based mitzvah, and therefore really should only apply in Israel. The issue with that is that the, if I remember correctly, there's a long laundry list of Rishonim and Achronim that say it applies in Chutzaretz also. And just from the page, the Rif, the Rambam, the Rashba, the Ritva, the Rosh, the Tor. The Ran, Beit Yosef, Shach, Pnei Yoshua, which is the Shu Pnei Yoshua, not the Pnei Yoshua on, on Shas. The Pnei Yoshua on Shas is actually Mekel against his grandfather. The Shagas Arya, the Gral, the Chida, Rabbi Kiva Eger, the Beit Alevi, the Chazan Ish, the Brisker, Rabbi Eliezer Silver, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Rabbi Aaron Soloveitchik, and Rabbi Vadi Yosef, just to name 20 or so, all say that applies outside of Eretz Yisrael on a Deraita level. There are others who say that it doesn't apply in Chutzal Aretz, for various reasons, and we'll go through them in a second. We have Rav Shalom Shachna, the Maharshal, the Raman, the Maral Prague, the Bach, the Taz, the Magin Abraham, the Arach HaShulchan, um, the, uh, the, the Lubavitch Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Dov Soloveitchik, uh, the Shulchan Arach uh, um, of Rav Shner Zalman also says that there's a Minak Demi Mekel. Now, the real question is that, do they say it's, it's a, it, to be, you can really be Mekel, or... Is it that they're trying to be Lamed Shut? Because it happens to be in, in if you look at the Sephardic acronym, notice the only one I really quoted was the Chida and Ravavadia. Everyone else is Ashkenaz on the, the stringent side. With the acronym. The the Rishonim, most of them are Swarti anyway. But if you go on the lenient side, they're all Ashkenazi. And why is that? Because it wasn't ever a problem in Morocco or Algeria or Turkey or Bavel or Eretz Israel or, or, or Egypt or any of the places that the Sephardim and Mizrahim lived. You didn't have a problem planting in Heshvan or in, 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 in Tevet and letting it grow through the winter. Why? Because the land wasn't frozen. Go up to Vilna, go up to Russia or Ukraine or any of these places where it's frozen tundra from October to, to, to March. You can't, most of the time, you can't plant before Pesach. Unless Pesach's going to be in a year like this coming year, where Pesach starts in the end of April, you're not going to be able to get something to plant before Pesach. So a lot of things were, were, were chadash because they were. So the, the achronim had to come up with a number of different leniencies as to why the Isra of chadash didn't apply. So you have some that say it's a compound doubt. This is the this is the Torah in the Ramah saying that maybe we could rely on this. Is that one? Maybe the grain you're eating is from the rove, which is yashan anyway. And even if it wasn't from the rove, meaning from last year's, maybe it took root before Pesach this year, and therefore it also wouldn't be a problem. Rabbi Kiva Eger doesn't like this because he's saying the same thing that's permitting one is the same thing permitting the other. Did it take root before this coming you know, Pesach, or did it not? Whether it took root last year, you harvested it last year, or it took root two weeks before Pesach this year, doesn't matter. It's the same day 
that's being matcha this grain. The others who want to answer for it and say no, the, the prohibitions are different. This one was the one that was planted last year was actually usher and then became mutter, whereas the one that was planted right before Pesach hadn't started growing yet when it became allowed, so it was never usher. So it's two different categories, but it's not it's not the greatest heter. So there's another heter, which is we just rely on the minority opinion, right? The minority opinion of the Rishonim and in the Gemara seems to say that. You know, it's a mitzvah rabbanan, and if it's a suffix, you can you don't have to worry about it. And so we just rely on the minority opinion. We don't normally like to rely on the minority opinion, so again, it's not the greatest the the greatest thing to rely on. There's a different heter, which is a very interesting one, which is proposed by Rabbeinu Baruch, who was a Rishon, was that the prohibition of of Chadash is only in those countries that are near to Eretz Israel. But places that are outside, you know, again, in, in Russia and most of Europe, South America, then it wouldn't be a problem. Uh, the Magen of Raham seems to go like this, but he says that if you want to be stringent, it's a good thing to do. Uh, the Arch Shulchan also rules like this. Now there's another hetter, brought up by the Lecha Mishnah, the Pateh Yeshua on Shas brings this down also, that it doesn't apply to drinks. Now why would we say it doesn't apply to drinks? Because... The the Pnei Yeshua and the Lech Mishnah here, they're taking the Pasuk, literally when it says Lechem Akaliba Carmel, those are all food items, and not drink items. They say the, the only answer is when it's, when it's similar to a bread. But if it's a beer, or a malted beverage, or something like that, then it would never apply. Um, most post-game don't go like that, but there's an opinion that way. Then there's the most famous of the... Uh, the two of the most famous term are either it doesn't apply in, in Chutzah Arts at all, and that is the majority opinion, or uh, of at least Shas, or there's a Machloket in Shas, and therefore we don't know how to rule, so that we could just take the opinion that says it doesn't apply, and we could run with that. And then there's the Bach's Heter, which is that it doesn't apply to grain owned by a non-Jew. And since most grain in the world is grown by non-Jews, and if it's in Chutzah Arts and not in Eretz Yisrael, so then we don't have to worry so much. Uh, uh, even a grain grown by a non-Jew in Eretz Yisrael would be subject to the prohibition of Chadash. But in Chutz Arts, if it was grown by a non-Jew, it wouldn't ha- you wouldn't have to, to worry about it. And since, I don't know, 90% of wheat is grown by non-Jews, you never really have to worry about it. And that's the box sector. And that's the one that most Hashkachas uh, seem, to, seem to run with. Um, they don't, uh, if you look at most hashkachas in the United States, not in Eretz Yisrael, but in the United States, most of them aren't by default makpid on Yashan. There are very few, I don't even know if there are any that are sh- strictly, strictly Yashan. The, actually, the one I can think of is Star S. Star S is a sub hashkacha of the Star K. It's specifically. Uh, for Sephardic standards, so if you see a star S on something, it means it's Yashan. It means it's. Um, it would also mean that the if it was meat, it would be Beit Yosef, and it would follow any of the other Sephardic chumras. Um, but really, few and far between in the United States do you have a Ashkacha that's good, that is that is makpid uh, that everything should should be Yashan. And so, in fact, a lot of times they don't necessarily even take track of it. I remember I emailed and I tried calling one Hashkacha once about a product 
and I was asking if it was Yashana, if they could get in contact with Mashkiach, and they basically told me, we don't keep track of that, so we don't know, uh, which is really not helpful. <laughs> um, but... From what I remember, back in the time, there was a, there's a barcode on any flower, any right. bag of flower, so you can trace it that way. Right, we're going to get into the, the date codes and that in a second. Um, it happens to be, in the United States at least, before the 1970s, you really didn't have much of an issue. All wheat was winter wheat for the vast majority of cases. And not only that, all wheat was older. They would stockpile wheat during the height of the Cold War because they didn't know what was going to happen. If the nukes start flying, they want to have you know, food available for people. That all changed in 1972 when... Congress allowed a law or passed a law that allowed the selling of wheat to the USSR. So from 1972 and on, older grain was shipped to the USSR, and a lot of the grain that flooded the market was for sure Hadash. Um, in fact, one of the first, um, one of the first, it might even be the first bakery in the United States to be certified as Yashan was the Tel Aviv. It's, it's, it's now Tel Aviv Bakery. It used to be. Uh, Tom Tov Bakery or Tuv Tom, I don't remember, it's in Chicago. It's now Tel Aviv Bakery, or Aaron Soloveitchik was the first one to, to certify that as, uh, as Yashana. This was back in the 70s. Um, now, Halacha Lamaisa for Sephardim, Maran says in the Shofanarach and Simon Reish Sadi Gimel in Yeridea, and he also brings it down at the end of uh, Reish Peitet in Orachayim. But the main, the main uh, halach is brought here in Reish Sari Gimel, where he says, So again, the five grains of wheat, barley, spelt, rye, and oats, you can't eat them. Until the omer is brought on Tetzayin. And now, the lake of Omer, since we don't have the korban, asr kol yom tetzayin, it's asr for the entire day of the 16th of Nisan, ubechutz la'aretz, in, outside of Eretz Yisrael, she'osim shnei yamim, where we do two days of yom tov, asr kol yom yudzayin, so then it's asr the, through the 17th of Nisan, ad techilat leil yudchet. So on the night of the 18th of Nisan, then all the grain in the world, and outside of Israel, transfers over to Yashan status, with the possible exception of like wheatgrass or sprouted grains, which we're not going to get to. Moran uh, also says in the Siv Gimel, Isur Chadash Noheg Bein Ba'aretz Bein Ba'chutz It applies in Eretz Yisrael and also outside Bein B'shel Yisrael. Also, if a, a Jew planted the wheat, Bein B'shel Ovikochavim, or whether a non-Jew planted the wheat. So again, according to Moran and the general Sephardic uh, position. There's a mitzvah deraita to refrain from eating chadash. And seemingly, there aren't uh, so many, uh, so many hetarim here. And there are a number of Ashkenazim, like we said, the, the Gra was, not, was extremely machmer to the point where the Gra actually uh, has some choice words for his great-grandfather, the Baragola, and he basically says that it would have been better had he been quiet. Um, it, it's actually... Uh, <laughs> Actually, his words. Um, but in, in any in any case, for Sardim, it seems to be that there's a mitzvah deraita at least to keep yeshan. For Ashkenazim too, they all agree that it's better to do it, but they have various heterim for 
allowing it. Among Ashkenazim also, most of those Eterim are Bashad Adachak, meaning you're not going to have anything else to eat. And we don't know so we can rely on the rove and therefore uh, we're, 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 we're trying to be Malamed Sud for the people that aren't even being careful with it at all. But in today's times, when we have a lot more information, a lot of those Eterim wouldn't necessarily apply. David Yosef, I just heard a lecture from him last night, he, it was a couple months ago, he said this, that uh, that even Ashkenazim today should be Mahmir to, uh, and to just Ikemich Hashan, uh, and to, to really be strict about it. So let's go now, now that we've kind of discussed the whole basic prohibition, let's go through some of the resources that, that are available. So one of the best ones is yashon.com, which is Y-O-S-H-O-N.com. This is the Yashon News Incorporated. It is a website that has lists of thousands of products. It also, they compile updates from all the major Ashkachot regarding what is Yashan and what's not under, that's under their supervision. And they also uh, compile the guide, so Star K, which puts out a, a guide every year, which actually updated frequently between like September and December. They put out a, a quick reference guide. It's about three pages for very common products that people want and that, pe- that people buy. So that's on there. The guide to Chadash, which was started by Rabbi Yosef Herman and continued by Mrs. Roskam, I think it's his granddaughter, uh, that's also on there. It's going to change next year. Um, the Association of Cautious Organizations, ACO, is going to be taking over Project Chadash uh, and going to be putting out the main Yashin list starting next year. This year, Mrs. Roskam is still doing it, and the guide should be out before Rosh Hashanah. If that's the case, then before Rosh Hashanah was at the Shem, I'll print a few pages, I'll make a quick video, I'll send it out to the group explaining how to use that guide. Um, because it's a lot more complicated than some of these other ones that we're going to go through now. Yashon.com. Uh, Y-O-S-H-O-N.com. That's the easiest uh, one to use. It's very uh, user-friendly. They have different things for news and alerts and, and guides and updates. and uh, You can do product searches. It's very, very well done. Uh, the next one... To, to use is the Project Chadash Guide to Chadash, which is again done by Rabbi Yosef Herman. It's very long. It is not always the easiest to look through, and it's not the easiest to bring along with you to the supermarket, especially for printed copy. It's a hundred something pages, and it goes through literally thousands of products and gives you all sorts of date codes and and there, there's uh, you know a legend, you know how like a map has a little thing on the side to tell you like. This is what a capital city is. So it has a legend on the bottom that says an aleph is always yashan and a, B means, a bet means you need to check. And the dalit means it's not certified yashan at all, and we, but we know the date code is this. Uh, and some of them have a chet. There was a new thing added a few years ago. The chet means it's for sure chadash and don't touch it. Um, but it, it's, very, very, it's a very big, cumbersome, sort of tedious thing. If you have it on your phone and you can you know, search you know, through it and type in the product you're looking at, that's a lot easier uh, but you still need to know how to use the date codes that are in it, so it's not always the best. The easiest guide to use is the Star K guide. And if anyone has it printed or on their phone, um, I brought the edition from last year. Yes, Yashin.com also has an app. 
you can, yeah, it has, there is an app for Yashin.com. I believe it's $3.99 for, to buy the app. Um, it has a, I don't know if it has a built-in scanner, if you also have to get a scanning app, but you can scan barcodes. And if, it, if, that, if that barcode is in their system, it'll pull it up on the app for you to, uh, to, to tell you what the status is or how to check the status of that product. Um, that, that, that also, that's a new thing. I think they, they started that last year or two years ago. Uh, it's a new thing, and that's constantly uh, getting better. Um, now, with the Starcade guide, like I said, it's three pages long. It's a lot easier. There's a few things I do want to uh, just go over with it, which um, will be a little more, a little more helpful. So at the very beginning of the guide, it, it says which are ingredients of concern. So any type of grain, it says wheat, barley, and oats, or grain flour, or malt, or wheat germ. And then it says, not of concern, with spelt, maltodextrin, rye, food, starch, and yeast. So yeast, for sure not. It's not made from wheat. It's not made from barley. It's its own, it's not a plant. It's a fungus. So it's not a problem at all. But why is it saying spelt and rye aren't a concern? We just said that it's chlamydia aminum. So it's only talking about the United States. And the reason being is all spelt and all rye grown in the United States is grown as a winter crop, is not grown as a spring crop, and is always yeshan. So you never have to worry about spelt or rye. So if you get rye flour or rye kernels or spelt flour, it is never an issue of chadash. It is always yeshan in the United States. It's not like that in Canada. It's not like that in Europe. But it is like that in the United States. Happens to be wheat in the United States. About 70% of it currently, 65-70% of it, is a winter product. 30% of it's a spring product. In Canada, which means you have a rove in the United States. It's another hat there that rove of the wheat is, is yashan. So if you know, if you have a suffix and you don't know what the, you know, that, that bag of wheat is, and you can't find a date code or, or it's not listed on any of the guides, so then rove of the wheat is yashan in the United States. In Canada, 5% of wheat is yashan. You don't have that in Canada. Um, or if I, I should say 5% of wheat is, is a winter crop. Most of it is spring crop in Canada for the same reason that it would be spring crop in Russia because it's cold. Um, there are hashkachot from Europe and from Israel that are always yashan. If you say a product made in Israel and it is made for, with or under the supervision of a reputable Shkacha, the Bedat Zayda Haredes, Bedat Zayda Yosef, if it's Rav Mahpud, if it's under uh, Rav Rubin, if it's under Chuchatam um, Sofer, any of those, it's not going to be a problem of Chadash ever. Why? Because in Eretz Yisrael, the Esur of Chadash, everyone agrees, there's not a single dissenting opinion that says every, that Yashan is required in Eretz Yisrael. So if it's made in Eretz Yisrael, it's going to be Yashan. Now, not all of those Ashokachot, though, if they're supervising something outside of Eretz Yisrael, they're going to be 100% Yashan. So uh, there are a number of Ashokachot that are. There's a couple listed here on the Star K list. Uh, one of them... Uh, is, is the Bedat Zedekharedit, the Kadesia of London, Rabbi Schneebog, Rabbi, the, uh, Rabbi Westheim. Those are always going to be Yashan, no matter where they're made in the world. Um, now, when a date code is listed on the Star K Guide or in, in the other guides, it's very often, it's not 100% the case, but very often it's the expiration date. 
And I say this because sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's the, the date list is the production date. So if, like on this guide right here, which was current as of November 17th, 2022, which is why I say do not rely on this guide because it's old uh, and applies to last Yashin season. But there is there are certain things here that are listed with a date of August 2022. If the date is November 2022, well, that's not an expiry date unless you have something that's very old, and then it wouldn't be a problem of Hadash anyway. So it's, that would be a production date. But most of them are going to be expiry dates. So sometimes, though, a lot of, most of the time the expiry date is going to be listed as something like, if you see the Betty Crocker mix under baked products, August 25th, 2023. So you know that if, it's, if the expiration date is before August 25th, so if it's August 24th, August 23rd, July 3rd, that's going to be Yashan without a doubt. But sometimes you'll see something, like let's go to Pringles on the top of the first page. Some of them contain wheat, despite the fact that it has an Ishur from the Rabbanudari sheet. That just The Rabbanudari sheet puts an Ishur on it, meaning they didn't supervise it, they just allow it into the country. So some of the Pringles contain wheat, and the code on the, they don't put a, an, an expiry code in, in Julian date. They put, they have a code L2231. What does that mean? So what that means is, skip the L2. 231 is the 231st day of the year, which happens to be August 18th of 2022. If it was 2024, it would be August 17th because it was a leap year, but... And any year that's not a leap year, 231 is the, uh, it's going to be the day of the year. And the 2, that's before the 231, so you have the L, you, it just means the lot number. The first 2 is telling you that the year, so it's 2022. And if it was the year 2031, so the, the 2 would mean 2032. But the 2 is always the last digit of, the, of the, the year that's coming up. And the 231 is the day of the year. So um, there's a book... I have vintage grain. I got it very recently. I haven't had time to look through all of it. I highly recommend it. From what I've looked at, there's a lot of good information. There's some things that are not necessarily... Uh, I want to say they're inaccurate, but I would say they're maybe less than accurate now. It used to be all pretzels typically were just made with uh, winter wheat. Now a lot of companies are mixing spring wheat in it. Um, it used to be there was like... Pretzels and crackers used to just be made with winter wheat because there's not as much gluten in winter wheat. Now companies just kind of start mixing whatever they want together. So there's not always there, usually there are hard and fast rules and there aren't so much anymore. Um, but in this book, there are information about the different oshkafas, how to use uh, different guides. It also has a whole section on date codes and it has a chart for. Uh, the whole year and what that day would be. So the 318th day of the year is November 14th. The 166th is June 15th. Um, in a regular year. Change it by, uh, you know, for Libras. Yes? So you have all these products that have, that have date codes. That doesn't tell you when the wheat was harvested. That just tells you when it was manufactured. Right. So wheat, in general, is harvested after Pesach. Typically harvested around, or sometime after Shavuos, typically in, in, in July is when it normally starts being harvested. And, and very often, 
that wheat first hits the market in the Midwest, where most of the wheat in the United States is grown, hits the market towards the end of July, after uh, being har harvesting and, pr and processing. So in Milwaukee, for instance, you might have products that are chadash on the market by like July 29th, let's say, um, in, in some years. Uh, this year is a little bit later. It just depends on when they start harvesting. But that harvest is typically sometime in the, the, the height of the summer. Um, same thing for, for barley. Oats is earlier. Oats typically uh, fall off the, the, the ocean train somewhere in late June, early July. It happens to be this year. I don't know exactly what happened. But they're, as of last week, most oats were still uh, officially yashan uh, that are still in market. So if you want to get oats, I would highly recommend checking yashan.com for one of the last two, three updates. It'll tell you exactly what the date is. And uh, I, I would get them, you know, yesterday. Um, but m most of these things, they're, they're harvested in the, the summer. So when they're harvested in July... So they're not going to be necessarily used in production until, if you're in the Midwest, in late July, but for the most part, like early August um, or sometime. And then they have to get out to wherever uh, they're going. So that pretzel that's made, you know, at, at Snyder isn't necessarily going to hit, you know, Florida or California or whatever it is for a certain time after that. So most of the time, the date's going to be in August where every, by, by, by the time August rolls around, everything typically flips over. Um, again, this year it's a little bit late. Uh, if Pesach's late, like it is next year, um, there might be certain, you know, that, that date might change also. Could, you know, planting all happens in March, let's say, or even the beginning of April, then there may not be so many Yashan problems for next year. Um, Looking from the harvesting and the damage to the customer, uh, it's take them much longer than a couple of months? No, it does not take, it's, it's not that long. From harvesting to customer, it's maybe a month or two, at most. That's harvested in July, and it's on, it, it's in a bakery by the end of July, maybe early August, and it's on the shelf by the middle of August in some places. Yes. Seriously, it's very quick. Uh, especially since we don't stockpile wheat anymore and all the older wheat is sold. Whatever we have left over from the previous year, a lot of that gets taken, repackaged, whatever, and then shipped off to the rest of the world. Um, we are still, in the United States, one of the biggest wheat exporters. So um, it, it definitely, it, it's definitely quick. The turnaround time is quick. Um, now, if we go to page two with malta meal, just to kind of go over this, malta meal is kind of the, the cereals, they, different products have different codes and have different expiry dates. So some have nine months from packaging, some are 10 months, some are 12, some are 15, 18, 24. So they're, they're listed here as if it only has oats, you use this date. If it's only wheat, it happens to be that last year it was always Yashan if it only had wheat in it. And if it had barley, there was a different packing date. So you just kind of had to look and see what was in that, uh, that cereal. Flour is the biggest thing. Everybody's making cookies or challah or whatever it is. Um, so there are plenty that are uh, always Yashan. You just have to make sure it actually says it. Uh, uh, mishpacha is always Yashan. 
Hackers is always just shine. If it has... This is over here. I'm sorry. This is over like... Okay, flower, open flower, this is over here. August 18, all of the dates. Yeah? Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, you can buy it up to August 18? No. So that August 18th is the expiration date. So when it says for, for giant stop and shop flower last year, the expiration date was August 18th, 2023. So anything... That had an expiration date before that, so August tenth, twenty twenty-three. That would have been fine, not a not a problem. There are others like Glicks. If it has the word Yashan on it, it's Yashan. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, Meshbacha, uh, always Yashan. Uh, gold medal, um, gold medal flower. If it's from Kansas City, al- almost always the Kansas City one. You don't really have to check. They happen to put a date code here. Heckers is always just on it. They only use winter wheat. Some of them contain malt. If you want to be machmir for malt, for barley malt that, or that's in wheat, a lot of opinions say it's batel and you don't have to worry about it. Others say you should be machmir for it because it's put there for a reason. So if you want to be machmir for it, which I'm not saying either one or the other, the, the date code is there. So if the Hecker's flower, uh, that would have been a production date of December 15th. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, by Barley, uh, did I skip Barley? I might have. By Barley, Geffen is always Yashan. It says it right on the package. It's printed in the, the, the inkjet, in the date code. So it just says Yashan right there on the package. You don't have to worry about it, um, as long as it says it, obviously. Um, and then there's date code for, for everything else. Um, there's a... Uh, uh, under noodles and pasta, there's another code where it says 2394. So the 239 is the date of the, of the year, which is August 26th. 4 means 2024. Uh, there's another one of uh, the um, Mother's Graham Cracker pie, pie Crust. So wait, this is a list what we should buy and what we should not buy? Yeah, these are all lists of things that we know not, for not, sure... Not Right. So this list isn't. It, this is for last year. It's not a list of what you should or shouldn't buy. It's a, it's a list. This typically comes out very quickly after the the project Harash guide, the big hundred something guide from uh, hundred page guide that should be coming out in by Rosh Hashanah. Hopefully, that's what they said. Um, so this one will probably come out hopefully before Yom Kippur. Um, this whole guide, the Star K guide, is actually, um, it started, it was started by Rabbi Shalom Tendler from the Star K, whose wife would take the whole big, you know, the big 100-page guide with her to the supermarket and found it rather cumbersome. So he said, you know what, I'm going to make it easy. And he went through the book, wrote down everything that, you know, they typically bought for the house or that they could, you know, theoretically buy. That was very common. And uh, he gave that list to his wife. And from there, that's how we got the, the three-page condensed uh, quick reference guide. When is it a practical time for us to stop worrying when we go to the supermarket? So, so, the best time to start worrying about it is after Pesach. Lamaisa. The best time for someone to, to elect to say, you know what, I want to do this. It's to start right after Pesach because it's very easy because there's nothing that's not Yishan at that point. 
and I know, and I know people. Right. No. And there are people who literally, like, right after Pesach, they buy like 150 pounds of flour, like they okay, can use that so for the rest of the year. I'm not advocating that. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Ad- yeah. yeah. Most most kosher supermarkets in the United States that are outside of Lakewood and Brooklyn are not worried about Yashan at all. It happens to be in, 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 in Lakewood, all the bakeries are Yashan, the KCL so requires it. If you go shopping in Bingo, you won't be worried about this stuff. Right, if you go to Bingo, if you go to Evergreen, you go to NPGS in Lakewood, or uh, was it Moishas uh, or Pomegranate in Brooklyn. Or, or uh, was it Rockland Kosher in Muncie? I believe Rockland Kosher. Don't hold me to that. Um, but most of those are, are going to be always Yashan. All the, all the products. I, I'm not saying all the products. Yeah, Anything made in the bakery. We, yeah, what you also have to understand about Ashkafa is, is they supervise the sides and not the aisles. Which means that whatever is actually being produced by the supermarket, the bakery, the meat, the, the fish counter... The, you know, the, the, the salads that they make, anything that's really on the edges of the store. So the Hashkacha supervises that. Most Hashkachas don't supervise what's in the aisle. So right, but everything, everything that is a Jewish brand, Jewish brand. Geffen, they're not necessarily not going to be, the, even if it's a Hamish brand or even if it's a, a, a Jewish brand, it's not necessarily going to be certified as Yashan. So it, it has to, it has to say it, or it has to be in a place where you know, like. No, you don't have to go shopping just in Lakewood. You don't have to go shopping just in Lakewood. You you can go to to, to House of Kosher over here. You bring the the quick guide once it comes out, and mo- a lot of the products you're not going to worry about. It happens to be the bakery there is not certified as Yashan, but they do get. From what I remember, and I don't, it should still be this way, uh, they get all of their dough and cookies and whatnot that they bake at House of Kosher from Gelbstein's in Lakewood. So Acme Giant. Right, so uh, hold on, hold on. So, hold on. Just because, right, that, that's a good point. Just because Acme or Giant, the bakery's plant you say, oh, does not mean it's a shop. They're two, two, two completely separate things. Right. Two, two, two separate things. So, when, you, when you're shopping at an Acme, a Giant, one of these, you know, in, in Houston, they have an HEB that that's, uh, also has the same kind of, you know, kosher experience uh, kind of thing, shop right. So there, if you want to be, if you want to be Machmir for Yashan, so then you should, you know, bring either, if you want to sit through the, 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 the app, or bring, you know, if you have the app and you can scan the package, or you want to go through the, the actual guide or the quick guide, you buy based on what the date code is. You look at the, you go, every package has an expiration date. Now, right, 100 years ago, this was not the thing. In fact, this is a, this is a bit of a fun fact. Anyone know who we have to thank for expiration codes on products? No. No. Al Capone. Al Capone. Al Capone bought a uh, a dairy in in uh, Chicago, and uh, he wanted he he petitioned with his brother to the Chicago City Council to make it that there had to be an expiration date printed on every bottle. Why? 
Because this way he could take over the entire milk market in Chicago. <laughs> because no one else was doing it. No one had an expiration date. So he put it on there. And then he petitioned the city council to say there had to be an expiration date on the bottle. Nobody else was equipped to do it. He did it. And he took over the entire milk market because nobody else had the equipment to do it. Nowadays, stemming from that, everything has an expiration date. But we, we actually, you know, our, our relative ease nowadays of keeping a shot, and again, it's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world. You have to be able to at least read the date code and see them. But the fact that we have date codes and that we can check these things is actually thanks to Al Capone. Um, well, that's the thing came out That's how they caught it. That's how they, no, they did. They caught him for tax evasion three months after he bought this factory. They bring him on any crime. Tax evasion. They got him, him on tax evasion after he bought the factory, about three months later, yeah. So, um, that, that, that's the idea. You, there's, the date codes are the, the without something saying a shun, the date codes are going to be the easiest way to do it. For sure, it's going to be easier if it says, you know, December 2, 2022 or whatever it is, as opposed to having a, you know, a, a date code of, you know, 2231. But once the guides come out, and they typically come out, um, the updates and projected uh, lists, or the, the projected dates, uh, updates, come out typically late July, early August. For oats, it'll come out earlier, but for the wheat and barley... That comes out late July, early August. There's an idea that the Mrs. Roscombe and the Usher Network and all those they put it out to say, okay, the harvest has started, so it's starting. It started around this date, so we know in roughly about a month to six weeks it's going to be a problem around this date. So that information has already been out for several weeks. I believe uh, for oats and basically everything else, the the date. For purchase without any issue, I think one of them was last week, like Thursday, Friday, and the rest of them are like this coming week. So if you want to stock up on things, uh, now's the time. Does it become harder as you get closer Yes, it is much harder to find things closer to Pesach, which is why if you go to some place, let's say you go to I don't know Memphis. In February, like right before Purim, and you call the you know the the bakery or whatever it is, and say, "Hey, is everything a shun?" And they tell you everything is. Don't believe it. I mean, it could be, but you'd be very hard pressed to find something way out of town where everything's going to be uh, yashan that close to to you know to, to Pesach. What's it, the idea of yashan? Oh, <laughs> the whole idea behind yashan. The whole idea behind Yashan is that there's a, Torah, there's a pasuk in the Torah that tells us Carmel, all of those are usher until the second day of Pesach, until the korban's brought anywhere in the world. So, ideally, you know, especially for Sephardim or Mechabah Horot Maran, it seems to be as an Isser there right to here, and there isn't so much a way around it. Again, there are different Heterim from the Bach, from the Taz, from everybody else. And, uh, you know, there, there certainly is what to rely on, especially since most of the Sephardic posts were really silent on the matter, since it was never an issue in Morocco or Turkey, because everyone just planted in Heshvan and there was no issue. So, I do one thing before we just end and take questions. In the Bir Lacha, the Mishabura, 
in Simon Tuf Petet, the Bir Lachan Sif Yud. So he's talking about um, about people who are lenient, who, who are very machmir for a lot of other things, for any other Shari Surim, where they, they or any other prohibition, they're very machmir on things. And then for Yashan, they're like, you know, they throw it away basically. And he says, and the people who want to be to, to be careful, right? So they're thinking, you know, we have to be machmir for uh, everything that comes out of weed, whether it's weed itself, whether it's bread, whether it's beer or, or, or whiskey. Or things in the Kalim, the Rambam actually is so machmir that he says that chadash would be a davar matirin. It would never be bottle, and that you'd have to wait. The, the Kalim would also be asar unless you kashered them until after the next pesach when the, the blio, the absorptions in the Kalim, would actually you know transfer into to heter. I'm not saying it would be that that strict. The Shagas Arya was that strict and used to go around Europe with his own pots his own pans and his own oven and his own flour. Again, not advocating that. I don't know very many people today that actually, you know, are, are that uh, mafkar with it. However, the, the but the 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 Mishnahura can use It's very hard for us over here. Again, he was in Radin. It was frozen for half the year. Right? So everyone relies on the minhag just to be makel for everything. He says, That's not right. It's hard to be machmir for everything, so you're just going to be makel on everything. Meaning that it's very hard if you don't know exactly what you're doing and you don't have all the information in front of you to be 100% machmir on yashan. That doesn't mean that because you can't be machmir on it for everything, that you shouldn't be machmir on it for some things. You know, you go to, uh, I know the Acme over here, Zamex, well, Mizonot for Svartim, is still least Yashan. They also carry Rosendorf's. I know they carry Rosendorf's water chalet so yeah. much. And if you talk to them over there, you should probably get them to order more of those. Those are Yashan 100%. Yeah. Uh, Acme. They carry Rosendorf's chala. Rosendorf's yeah. from Baltimore. It'd be very nice if the Meshkichim over there would make a you know a larger order of the water chalas, but you know that's that's its own thing. Um, so those are Mr. those rolls. Zamix? Zamix roll? For Ashkenazim, they probably should be too. It's an omelet with some bread inside. I know, but say technically, but like we can't do like a. You could you could use you could so you could use it for Lechemishna, but you can't make a mozi on it unless you eat like you know three of them. Oh wow. So, wait, so if I don't make a sandwich during the week, I can make a sandwich? Yes. Take a Zomix roll, cut it in half, throw in some meat or cheese, or not both, preferably. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, make a Mizanot on one of them. Fine, 100%. Wow. Those are, those are, uh, those are Mizanot. But, uh, if you can get the water challah from Rosendorf's, or from, uh, uh, what you call it, from House of Kosher, again, their bakery, call them, ask them. Ask them if it's Yashan. Uh, uh, Stearns, they, sell they sell Stearns, but they also have their own stuff that they make there. I believe all of it. Uh, ask Rabbi uh, Isaacson. Should it all, even the pizza also. The dough comes from Gelbstein. Last I checked. And this was only a couple months ago. Um, so, uh, you know, if you can at least for Shabbat, Yom Tov, get, make sure your chal is Yashan. Barley for your, your Chameen. It's very easy. Just get the Gaffin. It's printed Yashan right there. There's no reason... 
to say that, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not makbed in at all, so I'm just going to get whatever brought. Like, why? For maybe an extra five cents over the, the Acme brand or ten cents, whatever it is, you can get the one that's Yashan and, you know, be a hundred percent. There's no reason not to do that. So, ideally, again, anybody who wants to, to you know, fully uh, convert to the, 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 the Yashan program, Tavala Baracha, I'm more than willing to help. I'm not necessarily the best person. Um, I'm not active in the field of kashrut so much uh, anymore. I don't have all the access <laughs> that the people in the major kashrut do. Um, but for what I what I what I can help with, I'm certainly uh, willing to do so. And anybody who you know wants to, to at least switch, you know, certain things again, tavola bracha. The more that anybody can do with this mitzvah, the better it is. Um, obviously, you know, switching 100% to be, you know, in, in line with Maran Abit Yosef and, and the Rov Rov Rishonim and Achronim, it's over 90% that say that even though there are different Ethereum, uh, they're only Bashar Dachak, it's, it's, they're not so great. So Rov Rov Rishonim and Achronim say that it's a mitzvah right of Gam Bismanazeh, Gam Bechutzaharetz, and, you know, Gam Bechutzaharetz, and, you know, Gam So, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, that's my piece. Practically speaking, you go today, not that in the winter, you go to weddings. Yeah. Or you go to a, <coughs> a restaurant, <coughs> to those, this kind of events. Yeah. What's the probability that you are, that, you know, whatever the survey over there is? Right. So probably the probability of going to a wedding or an event or something, so the best thing to do. And I recommend this not just for Yashan purposes, but just to know what's going on. If you have enough uh, chutzpah to walk into the kitchen yourself and ask for the mashkiach, that's probably the best. Um, but if you want to call somebody out and say, hey, can I get the mashkiach? Or can I ask a few questions? That's always the best thing to do. Um, they, they could, and for two reasons. One, they hopefully they know what they're doing and they can tell you exactly what's going on in, in the kitchen and what they have and what they don't. And sometimes they'll tell you, this is Yashan, this is not. You know, they're, they're, it's not always uh, everything is or everything's not. Now, in in in, in uh, anything under, I know the KCL in Lakewood, or in many of those kachas in Brooklyn, um, you know, the halls and, and caterers are going to be yeshan regardless. Again, you should you should ask because sometimes something slips under the radar, or you know, but but always ask. But in general, it's it's nice to know that uh, the meshkichim know exactly what's going on in the place. Like I, I happen to. Uh, have called the place at one point. I won't say where, uh, but I called them and I asked. Uh, I, I also kind of. I just wanted to see. I've never been there before, and I wanted to know what was going on. So I asked to speak to Mishkiach. The person there asked me what I wanted to know. So I said, "What kind of?" I have a few questions I always ask. One of the ones I always ask is, "What meat do you use?" If it's a meat place, so I don't know how much does the Mishkiach know is actually coming into the kitchen. So the guy tells me, "Oh, it's Yivani." What Yivani? Uh, I was like, really? It's from Greece. Like, we don't import Greek meat in the United States. Right. Like, so, like, I, I highly doubt that. Like, you want to you tell me where it's from? He's like, eh, hold on. He hands me so some other guy. Another guy gets on the phone. He says, where's your, where's your meat from? He's like, oh, it, it's Rav Mahpur. It's like, really? Rav Mahpur? How did you manage that? Because we also don't import that into the United States. Occasionally, there'll be some... Uh, some specialty item or, or, or deli item that'll have Ramachud on it, but we really don't import you know, Ramachud meat into the U.S. Um, 
pretty much goes straight from Argentina to Israel. It doesn't make a stop over here. So I said, where, where's he meet from? Like, really? And they finally, I get to Mashkiach, and he tells me, yeah, it's from this place and that place and this one and that one. And it was just a whole hodgepodge of whatever they could get that day. And I was like, okay, fine, thank you very much. And then I emailed the Oshkach, and I said, I will never eat here. I can't in good conscience recommend it to anybody because if the owners and the people working there are going to play games when I'm asking a legitimate cautious question, like, how can I trust that they're actually doing anything right? So sometimes you know, you'll, you'll learn a lot more about the place just by asking for the Mashkiach. You might have one question, but you'll get several answered just uh, you know, by asking the one question. Um, so, but yeah, if you're going to a, a wedding or something, um, always good to ask the Mashkiach what, 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 you know, what, what's going on here, what are you using? Um, because things happen, and if there's only you know if there's only one mashkiach for the entire party, and there's 500 people eating there, you know it may not be as on top of uh, as everything as, as, as you would like. So, and that's regarding everything, not just uh, the, the yeshana kadash status. Right. So I, I would the best thing I, I, I could say to do is ask the, the mashkiach what uh, what's yeshana or not. I've called places also, you know, January February time, and I've asked them, what do you have the yeshana? And the person I got one time was. Very on top of the game, he told me, yeah, this pasta and this pasta, Ayashan, this one is not, this bread is, this one's not. And he went through, like, the entire list of everything in the kitchen. I was like, awesome, thank you. Like, now I know what I can eat over here. And uh, sometimes, you know, they'll be like, uh, you know, I don't keep track of it, which is not helpful. And sometimes they'll tell you, like, uh, I don't know about this stuff, but I know this stuff is safe. So, okay, so you go with the stuff that's safe. Um, but, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's my recommendation there. So don't eat too much. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I would say that, but so beer, so beer right now is is not a problem. That's a good question. Beer, beer is, comes from malted barley. So the barley now has been harvested, but it takes time to let it to get it to malt. Yeah, December time is really when. So what happens is the the barley is malted, which means it's let to to it's let to sprout. And once it starts sprouting, then they kill it, and they roast it, and turn it into a mash. That starts about October time, and then the malt only really enters the uh, the, the breweries in November or so. Oh, so, it's like so, and then from the time it's turned into beer in sometime in the middle of November... <laughs> Then it has to ferment, and that takes a few weeks, and then it has to get shipped out. So typically, you don't really have a beer problem until December, um, December at the earliest. So what I what I typically do is around the end of November, beginning of December, I buy yeah, I don't I know, you could buy like a hundred bottles, you know, buy a few cases, and you you'd be done with it that way. Yeah. And then you keep it till Pesach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you do that. Half or or. Right. No, see, so th- th- that's one option. You can keep it from, you know, from until Pesach. Or there are uh, certain beers that are... Um, Sam Adams last year was Yashan throughout the entire year. So, so, so you, you could always buy... From December to April. Right, so, so December to April it is a problem. The, Sam Adams last year was Yashan. Hopefully the Star K will keep on top of it and keep them... Hopefully they'll be Yashan also all year this year. Uh, Pilsner or Kel... If you buy when you buy it here in the United States, the expiration date is nine months from production. So if you have a date that you know you go to the store and the expiration date is June, that means it was produced in October. 
So there you also don't have to, to, to worry about, about Pilsner or Kel. The, the, the Star K guide um, and the Yashin guide also, for some beers, they'll list the, the, the Yashin status. Also, if you, if you can get Israeli beer, if you get the... Uh, no, so here you can't. In, in Philly, you can't get Israeli beer, but in, in Lakewood, you can get Gold Star and Maccabi. Yeah. A uh, number of the liquor stores, you can get it. You can, you, uh, you can go to Wine Academy on Route 70. Uh, the Vineyard has Gold Star. Um, there's several places in Lakewood that have, uh, that have a couple of different... Is- right, so there's a couple of places in Lakewood that have a, a couple of different Israeli beers. Those are always Yashan because they're made in Israel. Um, and under good Ashkacha. So, uh, for beer, that's my recommendation. Whiskey, you never have a problem with because it's aged. Right? We went through that the last... Uh, the last year, so whiskey's never a problem because it's always aged. Um, okay, that you know that's its own thing. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, beer. If, again, two options: you can check date codes, and it gets harder and harder as you get closer to Pesach, or you can stock up uh, before uh, you know around you know before Hanukkah. Um, just typically, what I do: I buy you know four or five cases and. Uh, you know, and then what? Yeah, yeah, but it's only for me. So, <laughs> and then whatever I have left over, I give up a part, of it, and then I, you know, I get rid of it before Pesach. Um, that's uh, that's my recommendation there. Any other? Yeah. Is there um, reason to worry about products that just contain meat, like you know, like uh, um, say, like the candy, or, um, like the soy sauce, right? So. Sauce? Soy sauce is never a problem. Okay. Soy sauce is not a problem. Uh, Twizzlers and the Jolly Ranchers that contain wheat, they're winter wheat. Um, so you don't have to worry about those. The OU supervises those. Um, so Twizzlers are always Yashan. Uh, Jolly Ranchers are always Yashan. Uh, certain, like Pringles, contains wheat. So that is going to be a problem because um, they're not... Uh, the OU doesn't supervise that part of Pringles. Um, in terms of Yashan... Um, in terms of where is this? Uh, there are other uh, like Daryl Lee um, licorice uh, comes from Australia, so their whole cycle is completely different. So they actually have a, a they have a date code because they're using different wheat um, in, in the and their uh, but um, anything really that has wheat in it. Um, is typically it would still have a Yashan issue just a lot of them by the mitziyut of it it's using winter wheat so it's typically not a problem um, again if it's coming from the southern hemisphere that's a whole another story because their their seasons are completely different um, but again your basic Twizzler or Jolly Rancher here are, are not going to be uh, they're not going to be a problem Right. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. If th- I don't think they're on here um, on the Star K list, but they they will be. Um, they will be on the the main the main guide. And as soon as that main guide comes out, I will send that out. Um, so let me ask you that. that um, I Yashin.com, yeah. Yeah, so what, you can really scan any Yeah, the Yashin.com app allows you, It's again, it's like $3.99 to use it. It's a bargain. It's a date code, like a lot number, right? No, you can scan the barcode. 
And then the barcode it, doesn't change your year. No, the barcode doesn't change. What it'll do is it'll tell you, it'll pull up the information and okay. say, if, if, if the date code is before this, so then you could buy it. So you still have to look at You still have to look problem. at the date code, but instead of looking at the date code and flipping through you know, your phone mm -hmm. or, or the actual physical guide, you just scan it and pull it up. It, it's a bargain for $3.99 to do it. Look, it's a great app. I highly recommend it. Not everybody wants to spend $3.99 on an app, so okay, fine. You know, the, $3.99? No, $3.99. It's a bargain. It's a it's a real bargain for you to be able to actually fulfill this in the in the most mahuder way. Uh, again, if you don't want to spend the money, so there's the guides and there's all the the. Oh, hold on. So if you don't want to spend the money, fine. You don't want you don't have a smartphone or whatever it is, fine. There's all the 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 newsletters and the guides that will come out, and I will send those out. And uh, as soon as they come out, they're they're readily available. There's also in the the main Yashan guide there's a phone number to call if you have a question about an item. Um, the answering yeah. service is not that great, um, and nobody answers. You leave a message, and then you check the next day and see if. You just listen to all the answers and see if they answered your question. So it's not always the best. Um, but depending on which ashkacha it is, emailing that ashkacha is probably the best way to go. But again, sometimes you will get an answer of, we don't keep track of that, so we don't know. Do you have any practical advice about things like, um, let's say, you know, like my daughter loves like whack? Am I, like, do I just stop file whack starting from a week ago? Uh, let me see I if it's Um... Yeah, your your best bet in terms of pastas. Uh, it yeah, I mean the the cheese and there's a powder, so that that's it's not going bad. All right, Rocky Mac will survive for for almost everything. So oh, so in terms of of in terms of of, of mice or, or or not necessarily mice does not necessarily help, but in terms of infestation, right? So in terms of infestation, this is what, and well. Leave off with this unless there's any other question. The best thing I can recommend is most of the time, if it's kept closed, you're not going to have an infestation coming into the bag or, or into the package. It's going to be coming from the package out. So the best way to deal with that is as soon as you get the package, this is what I do in my house, stick it in your freezer for a week. Because any all flour or any processed food has bug eggs or particles or things in it. If it sits there for... You know, eight months, then most likely it's going to hatch. But if you put it in your freezer, the Starkey recommends three to four days, depending on how strong your freezer is. I typically recommend just about a week, just to be sure. But at that temperature, for that long, it'll kill the egg, and then you won't have to worry about it. And then you can store it. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. You can take it out of the freezer and store it. So, like when I buy pasta or I buy you know bags of flour, it automatically goes in the freezer, and a week later or whatever, I'll take it out. Yeah, not the fridge. The fridge will not help you in any way. Um, it may slow it down, but it's not going to help you. Uh, but the freezer will kill the eggs, and then there won't be a problem.